Hey, redheads and everyone else listening, I'm Stephanie. I'm Adrienne, and we wanted to end Skin Cancer Awareness Month, which is May. And, you know, with Memorial Day weekend here, we wanted to talk to a very, very important person who is going to give us a lot of important information about redhead skin, about sun safety, and Melanoma, especially melanoma. Um, her name is Dr. Dendi Engelman. She, great name, um, but very different. Dendi, love that. Um, but she is a spokesperson for the Skin Cancer Foundation. So she is like the person to talk to about all things skin, sun safety, all that sort of stuff. And Stephanie and I really love talking about all the important things that redheads need to know about when you're in the sun. And so if you're on your way on vacation or you're on your way to the sun, this episode could change your life. I know that sun safety tips for us have been so important. So important because redheads are more susceptible to melanoma. So if you're not familiar with this, so we talk about it a lot on How to Be a Redhead's website where the MC1R gene, and not getting too scientific, but it's the gene that makes us have red hair and have all the characteristics of being a redhead, red hair, our freckles, um, our skin, and meaning that redheads are more susceptible to melanoma because of our gene, even if we're not sun worshipers. So it's really important that no matter how long you're spending in the sun, whether it's 20 minutes walking outside of work on your lunch break to go get a coffee or to your car from the grocery store or running errands to being in the sun for X amount of hours during the day that you're wearing sunscreen. So from the skin cancer foundation's website, they have a load of information. And some of the key facts that Adrian and I felt like, oh my God, when we were reading their information on their website, is that over 5 million cases diagnosed in the United States each year of skin cancer. It's the most common cancer in the United States. Fortunately, skin cancer is also one of the most preventable forms of cancer. About Wear 90 sunscreen. <laughs> I know. About 90% of non-melanoma skin cancers and 85% of melanoma cases are associated with exposure to the ultraviolet radiation, which is UV, from the sun. By raising awareness of the dangers of unprotected exposure and encouraging sun-safe habits, we can change behaviors and save lives is what they say on their website. And it's really important, though, to understand that even though it is the most common cancer in the United States, it's the most preventable, that they can pre- you can prevent it from happening from getting certain things. So wearing sunscreen on a daily basis, getting your skin checked, whether it is your partner checking your skin in in areas that you can't see like your back to checking it yourself, to going and getting it professionally done by a certified dermatologist. I know that this is Stephanie. I am very religious about scheduling every year a annual appointment to my dermatologist to get all my skin moles freckles checked on top of my scalp especially and what I love what they do my dermatologist and I know majority of the dermatologists do this is if there is a mole or a freckle that I'm personally concerned about um, they'll take a picture of it and then keep it on file and every year they'll take a picture of that particular mole and then you can kind of see throughout 
um, as the years progress, they look at your file and they'll be able to tell if it's grown or not. And then there's the ABCs of melanoma. I know we've touched upon on our website where, you know, that's something that you can actually look at this graph and you can see exactly what you should look for if a mole or a freckle is suspicious. And that's important because if it looks a little odd and it looks like it's changing color or shape, it's important that you go get your skin checked. But especially for redheads, you know, sunburns, everyone remembers there were sunburn. I remember mine. I know we talked about in season one about the fact that, you know, you think, oh, I don't need to wear sunscreen today. It's cloudy out or it's raining or I'm on the ski slopes and it's snowy out. No matter what, the sun reflects, you can get a sunburn. So it's important to raise awareness for, you know, melanoma and everything that involves this, you know, preventable skin cancer that makes up 5 million cases a year. It's crazy that so many... You know, and it's practice sun safety is so important, you know, um, seeking shade when possible. You know, we'll definitely dive into this when we give Dr. Engelman a call. But, um, you know, just avoiding tanning boots, covering up, putting on sunscreen. That's why we're so we're advocates for you know, sunscreen, tinted sunscreen, sunscreen in our makeup. We include it in our box, our H2 bar box, especially the in the June spring H2 and the summer. The bar box shipping next week is... Has amazing, amazing. sunscreens in it. I know, and Stephanie and I were talking about that box and she said, do you think there's too much sunscreen in it as like I a know. little spoiler? And I said, no, because redheads need sunscreen yeah. more than ever in june and july especially and so we wanted to make sure that our subscribers were going to be just so you know prepped for the summer with all of their sunscreens that's redhead friendly approved by us so dr dendy engelman she's awesome she's a board certified dermatologist she's a surgeon she practices she's a dermatologic surgeon, surgeon. that's a right. tongue twister right so she's a dermatologist <laughs> and a surgeon and well, she can, yeah, she can remove Roof, moles and, yeah. and make it look pretty as well. So no one wants their moles removed. She can also make it look afterwards nice. Not so. like that time that I had my, that thing removed in yeah, the back the of my leg. Yeah. And they did a horrible job. Yeah. See, you didn't see like an actual like. Sur- Dermatologic. No. Surgeon. We, we had. So yeah, she no, practices. We didn't. In, no. She practices in New York City and she's a spokesperson for the Skin Cancer Foundation And she is currently an associate at Manhattan Dermatology and Cosmetic Surgery. So if you're in the city, near the city, look her up. She's she's great. She has extensive training and experience in cosmetic dermatology, including injectable fillers and chemical peels and all those certain things that we have talked about in past episodes. That's also a big part of skin. And so most recently, Dr. Engelman was appointed director of dermatologic surgery at the New York Medical College. She's a fellow of the American Academy of Dermatology. 
she is an American Society dermatologic surgeon and American at the American College of Mohs Surgery. So she is like the end all be all of this career and for this field. So we're really excited to just be able to talk with her about all these different issues that redheads have and really, really stress how important skincare is if you're fair, even if you're not. Even if you're listening and you have redheads in your family, you have the gene that could cause melanoma more so than anyone else. So, And I can't wait to talk to her about the fact uh, about SPF numbers because I know yeah. that's always something that when we share an article, especially on Facebook, you hear so many opinions about, I need SPF 100. I need SPF. It's like, about the reapplying. Yeah, and how there's so many studies out there that show that SPF 30 works just as great. And I have to say, tying in with that is, um, we featured this, but there was a new study by the University of Queensland that discovered the risk of developing melanoma. It's significantly increased for people who have both red hair and a large number, more than 20, moles on their body mm. and I think you know that shows too and we'll dive into this when we call Dr. Eggelman but that there's so many research and studies out there that are even coming about now all about melanoma and the MC1R gene so that's just really fascinating in general and I know that we're always trying our hardest you know and it's very important to us during this time of year to really educate you guys on the importance of just sun care and sunscreen. Mm -hmm. So let's call her. The H2 Bar Box, a monthly beauty subscription box for redheads. Each box is worth $80 plus, and each product is redhead friendly approved. Head to h2barbox.com to subscribe and use code podcast to receive 20% off. Hi, is this Dr. Engelman? Yes, this is Cindy. I'm so sorry for the wait. How oh, are you? that's okay. Hi, this is Adrian and Stephanie. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. We're really passionate about skincare and everything in the dermatology field. So it's really an honor to speak with you. Oh, I'm so happy to be asked. I appreciate it. Yeah, so we'll just dive right into it. And um, so to start, as you know, Sunscreen is so important, and we're always educating our redhead audience on the importance of wearing sunscreen daily. And we know we read that you grew up in the South, which means you're a recovering sun worshiper. So what are some top sun tips? Gosh, yes. (laughs) If I could have those years back, that would make me so happy. One day in particular, (laughs) when I got like blistering sunburn on my chest in eighth grade. Um, Uh, So as a recovering sun worshiper, I will say that I have had a full conversion as my approach to to sun protection has evolved. And as a dermatologist, obviously I must practice what I preach. Right. And um, so, you know, it's not just one thing. It's a full process. It's not just wearing sunscreen. It's sun safety behaviors about avoiding peak hours of sun, seeking shade, protecting your eyes, wearing sunscreen, wearing wide brimmed hats, wearing protective clothing. Um, you know, it's a whole process, sadly. But, um, you know, when people, my patients come in all the time and they're like mahogany and they've clearly been in the sun and they will be like, but I wore sunscreen, you know, and it's, 
it's not just a protective vortex where you're, you know, in a bubble where nothing can get to you. We know that even the best sunscreens still allow for about 1.4% of filtration of ultraviolet radiation. And so we need to do other things to kind of have a safety net to make sure that we're protected, you know, all at all hours and throughout, you know, every month, every day of the year. And a lot of people just think if they're not sitting on a beach or by the pool trying right. to get tan, that they don't need to worry about sun protection. And that is 100% false. I know. That's why we were talking before um, earlier today, Adrian and I, about the fact that, you know, when you're on the ski slopes, for instance, or especially outside in the winter, and I noticed and Adrian agreed that we get a sunburn that because the snow, you know, the sun's reflecting off the snow. But a lot of people don't think to wear sunscreen during the winter. Right. I know they really don't. And some of the worst burns I've seen have been in January or February when people are coming back from being, you know, in Vail or Aspen. And not only is the altitude, I mean, you're literally closer to the sun, um, but you're right. Like all these other angles are reflecting, especially in that spring season where you're like, you don't need to be completely bundled up. It's not that cold. Um, and so people aren't wearing either their helmets or their their goggles. And so I've seen really terrible burns in very unsuspecting scenarios. Right. Like even walking in New York City. Totally. Or brunching. I mean, I have so many people who come to me on a Monday after they've been at a long, you know, boozy Sunday brunch and they've been sitting outside. Wow. And have not thought anything of the fact that they are getting hours of unprotected sun and so we just need to have it I really feel like and I preach this till I'm blue in the face but if it can be like part of your daily routine whether it's sunny or not we're going to be so much better off almost like you brush your teeth not just with the day you're going to the dentist but all the time for prevention and this needs to be that same thing. exactly so is SPF 100 really more effective than 30 or 50 or what would you say is your, the best SPF that you should be wearing on a daily basis? Yeah, the newer, the newest studies um, that have been published most recently, I think is it was either the end of 2017 or early 2018 in the Journal of the American Academy of Dermatology, really do speak to some legitimate studies that were done actually out west um, in in. Um, during ski season, but the difference in protection between SPF 30 and SPF 50 and SPF 100. And what they found is the higher number, the better the protection. And historically, we always used to say, oh, anything over 30 is just kind of incremental. It's not going to make that much of a difference. And the reality is, if you look at two things, one, even if you're increasing the protection percentage by one or 2%, over a lifetime, that can be real prevention of potential skin cancers from wrinkling for premature aging. And also we don't apply the correct amount of sunscreen often um, that, that is done in clinical testing in order to determine the SPF on the bottle. So I tell my patients, whatever number is lab- on the label, say it says SPF 30, we're really probably only getting about an SPF of 15 when we use it in practical use. Like we are not using a shot glass full of, of lotion to protect our whole body. You know, we just aren't, most people don't do that. You know, they put on a very thin layer. They don't reapply. Um, they don't reapply after they're sweating or after they've gone swimming. And so, you know, there's a, there's a difference between the study SPF and the practical reality use SPF. And so 
I my rule of thumb is divide the number on the bottle by two. That's probably what you're do, what you're getting. Oh wow. And along okay. those yeah, and along those lines of thinking, the higher the number, the better. So we should invest and it's not in like higher, it's twice I'm... as expensive if they give you right. twice as just yeah. So it's like just buy the higher number. I know um, that's so true. What, what I think sadly um, is that the reason people kind of fight with you over SPF, I mean, it's not like we have this conversation in any other preventative um, product. You know, it's not like, oh, well, if this only for a toothpaste, for example, we don't say, oh, well, this is only going to give me 97% versus 99. I'll just do the 97. Like, nobody does that. I don't mm-hmm. know why we don't want the best protection, except for the fact that I find that most people want a little color. You know, they almost want to be lulled into the sense of security that they're wearing SPF and they've done their part, but they do want to come away from vacation with a little tan. They want a little like um, color change. And sadly, if our skin has changed color, it has undergone damage. And that is a sad reality. So I'm not saying you don't you can't change the color of your skin. We just can't do it through ultraviolet light, whether that's indoor tanning or outdoor tanning, but use their great, their great that are completely safe. They look natural. They work well. They last a long time. And so you can achieve the, the glow, but in a healthy way without putting the damage to your skin. Yeah. You know, I remember growing up, Adrian and I, so we're really fair because we're obviously redheads and freckles. Right, right. And one of my best friends from high school, she's 100% Irish, super fair skin, brunette. But her and her family every year, they would kind of pick a new tropical island for spring break. And I remember every year that I knew her when we were younger, she would, her and her sisters and her mom would take trips a couple times before their trip to go to the tanning booth. And I couldn't believe that they would they were going, but they had this idea that if they created a base tan and they just got sunburnt in the tanning bed, that they wouldn't get sunburnt if they were going to like, let's say Mexico. And then when they would get back on these trips, they would be so sunburnt. And I just remember be, I couldn't imagine because going to a tanning bed, but that's how their philosophy. Have you heard that before? And people think they're getting a base tan. Or base sunburn. Yes. Yeah. And that would really like break my heart, especially that, um, you know, it would be January or February and people hadn't seen the sun since last summer and they were going to indoor tanning salons, which is even worse than natural sun. Yeah, I know. Um, to kind of prep the skin so that they thought they were almost getting, <laughs> being protective. And to me, it's like, oh, I'm going to take a couple shots before I go out drinking tonight so that I don't get as drunk. Like it's the worst con. It doesn't make sense at all, but people for whatever reason, really, thankfully, I think that's a bit passe now, but certainly I hope. growing up. Yeah. South, and even early in my practice, patients would say that all the time, but I don't want to, I don't want to burn on vacation. Right. So I'll just go get a base. Tan. Exactly. And I know, right. And I know my husband, this is Stephanie speaking, but he makes fun of me because he's really dark he tans beautifully. He's dark skinned and I am, I sunburn. So anytime we're in the car, especially on a road trip, I apply sunscreen in the car and he's always joking that you can't get a sunburn in the car, but I really, isn't it important to wear sunscreen? If you're, you're flying on the airplane or in the car, you can still get a sunburn, right? Yes, you are 100% right, Stephanie. Um, you definitely can get a sunburn in the car. And we know that people who, um, are, 
truck drivers or people who do a lot of commuting in the US, the left side of their face, their arms, their whole body will get will have more sun damage and a higher propensity for skin cancers because of yeah. the chronic exposure only in through the car. And the reality is, which is so sad, um, is that the windows, the filter that is standard on every U.S. made vehicle is that it filters out UVB. So it's not as prone to burning you, but the UVA is actually penetrating the glass and is more, which has a, that's the wavelength that's linked more with skin cancer and with accelerated photo aging. So it degrades collagen more readily. It penetrates deeper into the dermis. So it ages you and has a higher risk of skin cancer. So it's actually, you're, it's filtering out the better of the two and you're not seeing that color change as much because it's not the one that induces sunburns as much as actually um, photo damage that can be potentially skin cancer inducing or um, you know, accelerating aging. That's so interesting. Wow. I know when Adrian, so when Adrian, the I don't know. Yeah, what, that machine that you could put your face in and it tells you what age your skin really is based on how long you've been in the sun and the sun damage. And I put my face in it uh, last year, and because I'm always in the car, but my husband is usually driving, so I'm always a passenger usually. Yes. My yeah. right side of my face was 38 years old, <laughs> and my left side of my face was like 21. Oh, that's so, so that proved to me that there, I was not wearing enough sunscreen in the car and we drive a lot. So that's really, it's really so important. Like I, I've noticed that my left side of my shoulders got having from driving have more freckles than my right side of my shoulder. Right. Yeah. I know. And and you don't even think about it. You think you're inside and totally protected. And um, so I have sunscreen in my car. I apply it on my hands, anything that's exposed, um, because I drive out to Long Island to do skin cancer surgery on Wednesdays. And so I know that I'm putting myself at more risk than even in my office in Manhattan. So So is it okay? Is it okay to get your sunscreen hot in the car? I read something that said it's not good for it, but does it matter? Um, it's a, it's a great question. And the reality is, um, it all depends on how hot it's getting. If you're down in Charleston, South Carolina, where I'm from, and it's 112 degrees inside your car, uh, it can accelerate the degradation or breakdown of the formula. The good news is, um, a lot of the chemical, I mean, the, the physical sunscreens, the zinc or titanium containing ones, the mineral blockers, um, are less prone to break down than the chemical sunscreens, which I tend not to prefer. So it's yet another reason to reach for those. Um, And then what I love to do as well is I have a lot of those powder blocks, you know, that come, the ones that come in like the little canister with the brushes um, attached that you just shake the sunscreen into that. And I use that because I'm I'm a makeup girl. I like makeup. I'm, I'm not going to put sunscreen on again after I've got my sun, my makeup on, but this is a great way to, to apply it. Um, So you can keep those in the car. And I have two of those like right at my fingertips um, at all times that I can just kind of brush on the sunscreen. If I'm worried in the summer months, it is getting too hot for my formulations. And and that's such a good, I know know. know you want to ask. Yeah. So talking about makeup, what tip do you Mm -hmm. have for someone, a redhead who is having issues reapplying their sunscreen on top of their makeup? Because, you know, I think we get this question asked a lot when you finish your makeup and you have on 
all of your makeup, you know, your your powder or your foundation, and then it comes time to put on or reapply your sunscreen, but you don't want to ruin your makeup. What do you suggest? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm totally in your camp. I wouldn't do it. I don't do it. I don't reapply my like, um, hydrating, you know, oily sunscreens on my face after I've, I've put my makeup on, but I do use those mineral ones to reapply every two hours. And in my clinical setting with patients who have melasma or hyperpigmentation or are concerned about sunspots or freckling, um, it's a sad reality that the newest data is showing that even indoor lighting can stimulate pigment, even infrared from our devices like our smartphones or our computer screens. And so that's a nice way that even if you're in an office setting, you can just refresh and almost like, you know, just like you would put loose powder or pressed powder on your face. You just do that with one of the powder blocks. And so that's the way I get around it. And, and this doesn't have to apply only to to women who wear makeup but if you're a you know a redheaded man or a fair-skinned man they have clear ones so it doesn't have to be something where it's like a makeup it's just more like a powdered protection wow yeah or if you don't wear makeup you know a lot of people Mm -hmm, are like well I don't wear it so I don't want to do that I mean that's a foreign concept to me because I love makeup but yeah um, you know if you don't yeah we love tinted sunscreens too (laughs) Yeah, I love tinted sunscreens. And I feel like that's such a nice way to almost unify like a like a working makeup. You know, a lot of the tinted sunscreens for me make it look like I have makeup on. Definitely. And then um, I'm protected. And some of the ones, I don't know if it's okay for me to share brands that I like, but these are just some that I tend to use. Is that okay or no? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So one of the ones that I like, especially living in New York City, um, it's a beautiful tinted one that's mineral-based. It's got zinc and titanium dioxide in it, but also has a pollution shield, and it's called City Smart. Oh. And so that's really cool because it's got a unifying um, – it's like a universal skin tone that wears on all skin types. But, you know, the one worry – the reason why all, for, all formulas are not made with physical blockers is because they're harder to formulate with. And so you think about that white cast that can be left – if you have zinc or titanium in the formulations. So what I love about the tinted concept of this is not to be like a a makeup shade, but it just kind of blocks that potential for leaving a white cast or an opacification on the skin. Um, And so City Smart has this semi-permeable membrane that will block any pollution particles from getting into the skin, but also has an SPF of 50. And the awesome thing about that is once that pollution shield is on your skin, you don't have to reapply that. That's something that remains until you wash your face. So um, pollution particles are about 20 to 40% smaller than our pore size. So they're very easy. They easily settle deep in the pore. And then that can accelerate hyperpigmentation or accelerate signs of aging. So this is really neat technology, especially if you live in LA or you know Atlanta or heavy traffic areas, New York in particular. Um, that you feel not only protected from the sun, but the environment in which we live. That's so cool. I guess Stephanie and I have really never thought about how pollution can really affect the skin, but it really can. Yes. It's it's sadly terrifying. Um, I mean, there are studies to show that people who live in near highly trafficked areas are 22% higher risk of hyperpigmentation in their skin than someone who lives in a more rural area. So it's like, 
all of the environment is accelerating signs of aging, not just the traditional things that we think about, like sun exposure. Yeah. So a question that we get asked a lot, and I know that you briefly talked about it, is the difference between a chemical versus a physical sunscreen, zinc oxide. Can you, for someone listening that may not know the difference, and I know, you know, I was always, I'm love sunscreen and I had to really do a lot of research on the difference. So what is kind of the 101 on this? Yeah. I mean, the very easy answer, because it can get quite overwhelming. You're sitting at CVS and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many choices and Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. And then what's best, like if you have little children, what's safe to put on their skin. And The easiest way to think about a physical blocker versus a chemical one is if you flip it over to the active ingredient on the back. Um, If it's a bunch of very hard to pronounce words, it's a chemical. It's a chemical blocker. If it says zinc or titanium, things that are on the periodic table of elements, like from the earth, that's a physical blocker or a mineral blocker. And um, so hard to pronounce, chemical, easy to pronounce that you learned in fifth grade in science that's going to be your physical blocker. And the difference between a physical blocker and, and a chemical one is that physical blockers literally sit on the surface of the skin. They physically block the sun from getting and causing damage in your skin. Chemical blockers have to undergo a chemical um, phenomenon, a breakdown, a formula um, conversion in order to work. And so that's why often it'll say apply 15 to 30 minutes before sun exposure because um, you have to allow for time for that um, process to occur versus zinc and titanium, literally, they they work basically as soon as you put them on um, because they're just physically blocking this your skin from the sun. Okay. So do you have a favorite? Do you lean more towards one than the other? So my favorites are certainly the mineral or physical blockers. I think most dermatologists, if you pulled us all into a room and said, you have one, you have a choice of physical or chemical blockage for your yourself or for your family, we would all choose physical blockers because they are more effective. Um, they're safer. I mean, there was that recent article that just came out this week about um, chemical sunscreens being found in the bloodstream that is not new it's fairly sensationalized quite honestly okay we don't even know the effects of that being found but we do know that a lot of things we apply on our skin end up in the bloodstream but you know it was just unfortunate that during melanoma awareness month that that came out because what it does is make people afraid of applying sunscreen the reality is zinc and titanium the mineral blockers that we love already don't get into the bloodstream. If you're worried about that, then choose those. We have plenty of options. Um, but I thought that that was just kind of, this is not a new, this is not new information. It was just sadly a kind of a timely. I know um, we saw it come out kind of phenomenon. Right. Like all dermatologists like holding their heads and shaking, like, why would you do this? Um, but that said, if you're worried about that and there is a huge movement in clean beauty, then good. The safer ones are the physical blockers. And that's what I use on myself. That's what I use on my children. That's what I recommend to my patients. And historically, we didn't love them because it used to leave this like super white, almost like diaper paste. If you think about the old image of like a lifeguard sitting on the beach with a white nose from the zinc. But now the formulas have really micronized the versions and they make them very cosmetically elegant where we don't have to worry about um, 
them looking funny on the skin. It's just going to protect us better. Yeah. You know, Adrian and I, we, our parents, they retired in outside Orlando. And so Mm -hmm. we have, we go to Disney every now and then. And, Mm -hmm. um, really recently we went with our husbands to Epcot and I was baffled at the fact that a lot of babies and children were so burnt and it's, It's something that, you know, we, I just couldn't believe it when we were noticing it a lot more, especially at theme parks, like uh, that one in particular. But when do you start a baby on sunscreen and then is physical the best for a baby? I know that there's baby sunscreens out there, but can you start a baby if him or her is, let's say like three months old? So the, the recommendations to um, the American Academy of Pediatrics is six months and oh, okay. that's what you'll find on those bottles. Um, certainly I put it on my children before, you know, when we were out before six months, because I would much rather them. Um, and I always use a physical blocker. So the risk of that, I mean, I, just like you put diaper paste on your baby's diaper area, that's the exact same component that's in zinc, um, zinc sunscreens so i'm not worried about it going through the skin or causing any harm um but also you want to make sure that you don't have a baby in direct sunlight that they have tons of protection or under the shade and um and so um you want to of course just like we protect we should be protecting our skin by all means we want to make sure that we're protecting our baby's skin um, and eyes. People don't think about how much um, sun damage we can get at a very early age. Like most adults, when we're in the sun, we wear sunglasses, but you don't see little children walking around very much with sun protection. But so much sun damage can occur in, in the eye region um, before the age of 18. So we Especially want to be light mindful. eyes. Yes, yes. I know. Um, Adrian and I always say that we can't leave the house without our sunglasses. And I wish Adrian was a swimmer. So she was always more indoors. And then I did a lot of outdoors activities. So I have a lot mm-hmm. more freckles and I have a lot more pigmentation. And I'm a lot more on top of it now than when I was a lot younger. Um, so if a redhead was to come to you with, mm-hmm. you know, I love my freckles, but they're getting really dark. So what do I do mm-hmm. about pigmentation? What would be some of your suggestions? Um, so certainly, um, daily protection, sunscreen, like it's medicine. And I say that, um, to patients every day that, um, we, you know, we can do things if they want to lighten their freckles. Certainly we can undergo different laser treatments or, you know, topical retinoids or lightening agents to help address that. But if they like them, that's great. But if they don't want them any darker, then we have to go through measures to, uh, prevent stimulation of those pigment cells. And so I like topical antioxidants as well. I think those are very important. Vitamin C, vitamin E, ferulic acid, fluoritin, all of those are really um, great antioxidants that help to kind of be like a an umbrella lying underneath the skin so that if there are certain rays of ultraviolet radiation that filter through the daily sunscreen, you've got this antioxidant protection there protecting from the free radical damage that can occur from UV light. Wow. Okay. So if laser, what are some laser options? So the ones that I like for just overall lightening and um, addressing pigment, whether it's freckles or melasma or patches of hyperpigmentation or sunspots, um, 
I like to use intense pulse light. Um, that really helps to even out skin tone, helps to lighten discoloration or dyschromia. And it also helps just with the overall texture of the skin. I have a lot of brides who I treat and um, they, their skin will just look prettier and glowy. Um, but if we're addressing just individual spots, because some patients are very attached and, and, and especially redheads who are prone to freckling. You know, sometimes patients will be like, I really like this one on my chin. Like they don't want all of them gone. For whatever reason, they have like more emotional connection to some spots, whether their grandmother had a spot in the exact same area or something that's just more emotionally um, triggering for them. So in that case, I will do, um, I often will do Alexandrol laser, which is just another pigment laser that's more able to be very focused um, we can change the spot size. So if someone has a very tiny freckle, we can just use like a three millimeter spot size. If someone has like a larger age spot, then we can ablate that. Um, but there's all kinds of ways to address pigment in the skin based on how deep it is, whether you wanted to do chemical peels or topical retinoids, lightening agents like high, high concentration vitamin C or hydroquinone is one that helps as well. So there, there are many options. Um, yeah, we love chemical peels. <laughs> I know we yeah. did a whole episode on it last season because we love it so yeah. much. Yeah, so they've really, Perfect. really changed both of our skin like oh my gosh crazy <laughs> yeah I mean it's a good time to be alive in skin you know there's all kinds it of is fun I love it, that I, that's awesome <laughs> well I love what I do and I think it's just so fun that like every six to 12 months we have like this new innovation whether it's a new laser or a new body contouring or a new mo molecule that's doing amazing things in the skin so it's fun just when you think you know everything there's there's still so much more on the horizon that we that we can do to help people look and feel their best. Yeah. Well, that's so awesome. Dr. Engelman, thank you so much for coming on with yeah, us. Yeah, this was and super informative. Just, of course. Y'all yeah, y'all so sound awesome. like my ideal patients. You're <laughs> your sunscreen, you're protected, you are more, more than we welcome try. in my office every day. Oh, it's, all about, it's all about education and we've just educated ourselves. It. Well, thank you for spreading the word. Y'all are wonderful. Thank, thank you. you. Have a great okay. weekend. You too. Bye. 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 Stephanie, how do you feel? It's a great day to be alive in skin. I love that <laughs> you she said love that. You love talking about skincare. I do. I'm so passionate. Well, you wanted up, to be a dermatologist. I did, but I wasn't. I wasn't strong in science. You were and just going to really, say I wasn't smart enough. <laughs> no, I was strong, say, but sounded like smart. I just. It wasn't. I didn't have a good science back. We didn't. I know, we didn't. But, but you I'm so. Been. I'm very passionate about it. I think about if You've I never always did. Hated looking at people with sunburns. If though. I never did how to be a redhead. I would have not an esthetician, so to say, but definitely a um, physician assistant. I yeah. think I really would have loved to be in a dermatology office because I love, I love <laughs> I dermatology. Someone came in. <laughs> I know. And I was just talking to Adrian about this, but so I got married three years ago and my husband, Brian, when we got married, I made him go to the dermatologist because even though he tans beautifully and he has great skin, he had like a few dark moles. And so I made him go. He had three removed. And the doctor said they weren't yeah, cancerous, but, but they, they were been. getting really suspicious. So I'm happy, thankful that that he got them taking off. And of course, he has like three scars that he talks about. But I look at it like you know, I saved his life. And then we were just in Mexico, <laughs> we were just in Mexico last month for vacation. And I have to say, out of all the trips that we've been on, 
he was so on top of reapplying stuff. Can you reapply my back every two hours? That's so good. Can, I need more sunscreen to reapply. He didn't get one sunburn. And I think I came back fairer. He, of course, got a little tan. But we went through three bottles of sunscreen in five days. It wasn't more, I wasn't being the nagging wife anymore. He was so on top of me. And I told him, he goes, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to get sunspots and I don't want to get wrinkles. So we rub off. Yeah, it's like a vein thing because my husband, he was on an episode of season one too. Yeah. Josh, but he is in real estate. So he's driving around to houses all day in his truck. And he's always outside and he's a redhead. And he is so fair and literally... About two weeks ago, we were moving for the last time, and I have a whole box of sunscreen, and he took out three of his favorites and put them in the console of his truck because he knows that sometimes he might just run out the door, but he knows he needs to keep reapplying. And I asked him, and now he even asked me, do you have sunscreen on? Like, even if we're outside, like, hanging string lights, do you have sunscreen on? And it's become a part of our language every day to each other because we both know how fair we are, and we want to be able to you know, look good when we get older, but also stay really safe. And if you can prevent cancer, like if you are a smoker and you quit smoking, you're going to not get cancer. But it's just the exact same concept for me. And people think that that's dramatic. But no, like, it's no, true. Cigarettes are so much more. And I'm like, no, but it's a silent killer, the sun. It totally is. And yeah. I think growing up, I know dad wanted us to get into golf. And one of the reasons why I didn't like golf was the fact the that I the sun was beating down on me when I would take these golf lessons. But now I'm getting older and I'm actually taking golf lessons now. But I think about Dr. Bauman. And if you yeah. listen to us, season one, we had her on. She's a world-renowned redhead dermatologist in, in South Florida. But she talked about the fact that she is a she plays golf and I see it on her Instagram and she's just very very it's UPF clothing it's hats wide brim hats and it's being just more on top of sunscreen and we I'm so happy we dived into with Dr. Eggleman about the fact the difference between chemical and physical sunscreens because I know when I go when I see the difference now I know but back in the day when I would be in the sunscreen aisle I would kind of get overwhelmed at, oh my God, which one is good? Like, which one does Consumer Report love? And I would be researching, and this was before How to Be a Redhead. And that's why every year we really do a full list uh, on our favorite sunscreens, ranging from friendly, kids-friendly sunscreens to active sunscreens. If you're an athlete or you're working out or you're a runner marathon, it's really important to just make sure that you're reapplying, especially, you know, this is the end end of May. So we're getting into the warm months throughout the country, Mm -hmm. the world. You Mm -hmm. know, I know if you're listening and you live, let's say in Australia, your your seasons are different, but you know, you still get a sunburn throughout the year we talked about. So, you know, practice sun safety as much as you can, especially if you're around friends be a good role model wear sunscreen and they will too hopefully and if you have children make sure they're staying sun protected and have an amazing sun safe sun friendly redhead friendly memorial day weekend and rock Rock it like a redhead redhead. (laughs) 